I'm Jess. And I'm George. And I'm their tall friend. And this is Transpantastic. A podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. So what's what's your impression of what's happening with the court and the judges around disability? Do they do you think that they don't understand the concept of as you said using up every spoonful of energy that you have or the spoon the spoon theory in general that Jess had to explain to me cuz I understood the the concept of of disabilities and and using up energies but I didn't understand the spoony Thing. Just had you didn't understand to spoon theory. You spoon. understood the concept of being disabled and living with chronic debilitating illness. But I didn't know that somebody just explained this with spoons. So yes, but that wouldn't be my first time not understanding something like that. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> what's your impression of the judge? Do you think they don't understand, or the courts, or what? You know, the people that you've dealt with so far with your disability. Do you, do you have a feeling about it as far as whether or not they understand spoony type things? Or my first question being always a queer and now a trans person is what else is going on here? Do they not like that you're a tall lady? See, that's... Uh, that's my question. I've heard that a lot. People have said I should take this to the media and I should go after them for transphobia because there's realistically at this point no reason that I shouldn't have my disability, that I shouldn't have been accepted at some point. When I spoke to the judge, he wouldn't look at me at all. My lawyer was the same. He never, not once did he show up for a meeting. He didn't do anything to further my case. He waited for me to do all the footwork. And then the day before court, he called me and said, oh, I didn't sign your paperwork, so I can't represent you. Sorry. And he hung up on me. Uh, so I go so to... Where did you get this jerk from? He was the free lawyer, which was nice if he had done something. Mm-hmm. But the legal services, that was that was my only option. When you're homeless, you don't really have many choices to go to get a lawyer. Right. And to get any help, period. So they assigned this guy to me, and he just ignores me. He won't look at me. He won't. He didn't shake my hand when I came in. He didn't do any of his paperwork. Just It was, it was like I didn't matter. I, I didn't exist in any way. And the only way he would speak to me is if I sat out in front of his office for hours at a time. And I'd wait till he's done with all of his meetings. And when he realizes I'm not going anywhere, he'll invite me into his office. I'll explain real quick, and he says, I'll take care of it. And he never did. Not once. In two and a half years, he didn't lift a finger to help. So when we get to the judge, when I'm sitting in front of the judge, he says, so you don't have a lawyer? And I said, no, sir. He canceled on me yesterday. All right, just mark down no lawyer. And he, everything I said to him, he just dismissed. He ignored me like I didn't matter. Everything I, I told him, this is what happened. This is why I was still working. Because I didn't want to live off the system. I like to work. He wrote down in the paperwork when I received it later, refuses to work. And I said, that's not what I said. That's, that's not even close to what I was explaining to him, why I didn't work. I tried to explain the pain to him. I told him exactly what was wrong. He's got the x-rays and the CAT scans. And believe me, you go through a lot of those just trying to, uh, when you first file, they send you to everybody they've got, all of their specialists. Every one of them agreed with me except for one. And that's the only person that he marked down uh, as a credible witness. He says this doctor said... He skipped the other people who said, yes, this is a problem. Yes. He said they were dismissed because they were... 
I'm sorry, I don't remember the exact terminology for it, but it was they, they didn't basically they didn't matter. It wasn't important. They weren't important people. The last person that he sent me to, his decision weighed heavily on their words because the staff said I didn't have a problem standing up. I didn't have a problem walking. I, or um, they they noticed that you they, did not seem to have difficulty getting from the waiting room to the office. Yes, to I the, was. I was extremely ambulatory on the way into the office, and I had no problem until the doctor wanted to see me. So it made it seem just like I was lying to them and making it up in order to go see the doctor. Which, again, dismisses the nature of chronic debilitating illness. Sometimes I'm better, sometimes I'm not. Sometimes I have spoons, sometimes I'm all out. Sometimes I wake up with none. Yeah, and, and they, they didn't look at it that way. And when I tried to explain to the judge, you know, I was having a decent day. I hadn't had to do anything the day before. My day was really comfortable. I actually got to sleep in a bed instead of under the bridge where I normally sleep. And all of that was, none of that's in the record. It's like he dismissed it all and said, well, that's too bad. You must be faking it. And so I was denied again. Uh, Now I've sent my last appeal off to the main office and it can take them up to a year to decide. So that means until next November, I'm just kind of waiting. Now... This main office, are they just going are they going through all the records that they have? Yes, they're gonna okay. take everything into consideration and they can send it to the same judge, a new judge, or decide themselves. Okay. So but, there's three options there. Right. So either way it goes, this is the final decision. So, so if they don't send it to a judge, then they're making a decision without seeing you. Yes. And that could have a completely different outcomes since what you're telling me is you've got people who wouldn't even look at you and that to me is discrimination. Mm-hmm. Now, would there be other things in this paperwork that indicate that you're a trans person? Yes, because I have all of my medical records, all of my uh, medications I take. Mm-hmm. And they ask specifically, he says, what is the spironolactone and why do you take estrogen? You know, And so I had to explain to him my transition process. So uh, I would assume at that point that he would obviously you know I'm trans, you know, seven feet tall. <laughs> Look at me. I- I'm just kidding. I am adorable and so cute. You, you have no idea. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it would be hard not to worry about your height because you know from my perspective as a short guy I I worry about my height but I I imagine I don't worry about it nearly as much as tall ladies do I do short guys don't stand out like tall girls they don't yes they don't being my height long dresses actually only come to my knees now instead of floor length you're like what the hell everything is smaller than it should be and you have to carry larger items otherwise it makes you look bigger so you try to find ways to fit in to make you everything a bigger look proportionate and such. Yes. Yes. So you have to carry a bigger bag. You have to wear a bigger jacket. You got to find. You can't carry uh, the tiny little bar purse. Right. Your tiny bar purse is my mom bag. Are you kidding? It's like a potato bag. <laughs> I, I have to invent things to throw in there. I'm like, oh, look a pillow. Let's just try <laughs> look. No, it's really it's full. I'm not just carrying. I've the got these around. great. You know, the packing airbag things. I've got a bunch of those. You could just pad your purse with yes. that. It would be nice, lightweight. Oh, my God. And then I can and sleep on it, too. That would be great. It's like a little pillow when I'm yeah. done. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I can do that. And it, it's, I don't know. Once, if they decide that uh, to deny me again, I'm done. I have to start either start over again and file another appeal, which, believe me, I can't take another three years on the street. This already sucks enough as it is. Or I find another way. And as you can imagine, this, the depression that this causes and the anxiety is just ridiculous. Just hoping for something to happen anywhere. And, and I consider going to these other sources and, and saying, you know, this is, it's all 
based on my gender. They don't want to help me out because I'm trans. They don't want to help me out because I'm not normal. But and none of us want to be that person. Right. None of us do. And I've had issues at work before where I thought that might be the case. But even so, I'm like, you know, I, I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be the person who makes their minority status yes. be the issue because then I reflect poorly on the rest of my minority group. Right. I don't want to play the gender card and say, this is because I'm trans. This is the only reason. And how do you prove that they're not helping you just because you're trans? It's a really hard thing to prove. And I'm not doing it to be petty. I'm not doing it because I want special favors. You just want to live somewhere and feed yourself? Yeah. I just want to have a roof over my head. You know what it's like in the middle of winter when there's like three feet of snow on the ground and you sleep under a bridge? and you don't have a tent, it kind of sucks. And if you do have a tent, the cops tear it down. I watch them do it like every other night. They are just absolutely horrible people. Not that all law enforcement is. Love the cops, I do. But the ones here, not so much. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Middle of nowhere, they're not very friendly to um, what they call big city problems. Do yes. they Do they wait till you're not in your tent to take it down? Oh, no. So you just no. take it down with you in it? Yep. They will come and they will start beating on it and either you get out or you're now in a deflated tent. doesn't matter who it is. They don't, they don't want, want you sleeping under the bridge. And you're like, but it's your only option. It's that or it's out inside the snow where it's either snowing or raining or mm-hmm. whatever. Under the bridge is the best possible Why location. Why don't they want things under the bridge? Not a clue. You can't even see the under the bridge from anywhere else other than this one apartment building. And that's... My thought is that somebody in that building is complaining that there's people sleeping under the bridge. It's not like we are having parties and live music and keeping you from sleeping. We're not robbing your houses or destroying your cars. We're just trying to find a place that we can get a night's sleep. That's it. And the cops come by every couple of nights and harass everybody and they make you leave. You know, and you can go to a park and live in a bush, but if they find you in the bush, then you go to jail for destruction of private property, especially since it's a state park. (laughs) So you don't get a whole lot of options. Though, if you take a bush and you put bags inside of it and you you wrap it around the branches to make like a tent, you can stay in there comfortably in a winter storm for months. It's still cold and sucks, but it's something. Yeah. Sorry. You, no, it's okay. You you are blessed with good friends, though. You have been able to couch surf and stay with people. On occasion, yeah. yeah. yeah if From I've, time to time. I can stay a couple weeks here, a month there, and sometimes you end up at a place for six months, like where I'm at now. I've, I've been there for a little bit, and those people are just absolutely wonderful. And I didn't know them before I transitioned. They They found out that I was homeless, and they let me stay. And they're just absolutely wonderful people. You really can't keep anything. I've lost everything that I've owned. Um, Anything I had left, anything that was in the storage when I first became homeless is gone. I'm down to a backpack of clothing and uh, a small box of my books. That's it. That's all I've got left. And it's kind of a crappy way to live. It It is. And so it's understandable that given your situation, you would just want to be able to get a place to stay and a regular minimal though it may be i mean disability income is not what you live on it's what you survive on yeah you You know it would let you start working on your degree again it would let you start working towards something better 
It would yeah. let you not be chased out from under the bridge. Right. <laughs> it means a hot shower every day or every other day. It means warm food that's not cooked in a microwave at the 7-Eleven. You know, you get food stamps, of course, because you're homeless and unemployed. So it's still a fight every month. But, you know, they give them to you. So you have something to eat. But it's still, people ask you, and this is the worst one. They're like, well, why haven't you bought this? Why don't you do this? It's only like 10 bucks. I didn't see Star Wars until last week. And they said, well, why haven't you seen it yet? You know, you love Star Wars. And I said, I'm homeless and I live under a bridge. $5 is a luxury I don't have. Right. Oh, well, that sucks. See ya. And they go off. They ask you, well, how could you not have new shoes? How could you not have makeup? How could you not have... How can they consider these things to be necessities? How can you ask, how can I not? Yeah. It's... I'm like, you realize I started... How can you have these things? Right. Yeah, I started transition and became homeless. I didn't get a chance to go shopping and buy all the stuff that I can wear. You know, before you transition, before you come out, you buy these random cute things you see in the store and you save them and you hoard them and you wear them around the house. You don't actually build outfits. Um, you don't build full outfits that you can wear with the shoes and matching purse and everything. It looks just great and wonderful. That's usually after you've started transition and you're living full time. And I never had the chance to do that. So I have all these partial outfits that I got to put together and find something cute, which obviously I always make work. Yes. You're always cute. I'm telling you. Uh, <laughs> but people don't understand that. When you go into the same government office four or five times a week, every single week, or that your doctor's office constantly, and they're like, you only have like three outfits? Why don't you have something new? Why don't you go just buy something? It's like $20. Like, I don't have $20. I can't go to the thrift store and do it. Right. And, and people have a hard time understanding that. And people from the government just go, oh, well, that's too bad. And they go off and you say, I'm looking for a program to help me do this. Oh, we'll go to a shelter. You know what it's like to be trans and try to stay in a shelter? It's a freaking nightmare. First, they try to put you on the male side because you have a penis, and that's just not right in any way, either part of that. Yes, um, neither the penis yes. nor the male <laughs> side. Neither, neither the presence of the appendage nor the placement based on it. Yes. And then, you know, so you say, I should be on the female side, and they don't want to put you over there because then all of a sudden you're going to assault everybody you see because, yeah, we're perverts because we're trans. That's, that's what the hell? And so you can't stay there. And if you do, you have nothing but problems from the from the guys in the place. They are, oh, men are horrible sometimes. So you can't stay at a shelter. You can't stay inside, you know, a 24-hour business. You can't just go inside and hang out because, well, then you're loitering and you're causing a problem. If you're not spending money, they don't want you there. It doesn't matter how good you look. Um, you can be clean and, and well-groomed, but if you're not spending money, you can't stay. So you're back outside again. And right. it, it's just, it's a pointless circle that you never get out of. And after a while, you end up losing hope. You get depressed and you just, there, there's nowhere left to go. Most times I sit around and think, I have no future. I have no hope. I have nowhere to go and nothing to do. My life is never going to get better at this point. Why am I even here? Why do I keep trying? Why do I keep fighting every day? When I've got nothing left. And I'm thinking, when you make it through this, you're going to be ha having a lot of hope for people that are in the situation that you've been in, you know? I have some friends that, that I talk to once in a while online, and every one of them says, you're you're so amazing that you can live through this, and you're so strong that you, you, you're coming out of this like a champ, and you still fight it every day. I'm like, that's fucking great, and I just need a place to stay for the night. Right. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love you to death, but can I sleep behind your couch? Under your couch, under your car. I don't care. It's just, you know, something. 
right? No, we don't have any space. Seriously, I take up like, okay, like seven feet of space, but still, I'll be like, furniture, I'll hold a lamp for you. I don't care. I'll cook you dinner. I'm an amazing chef. And, she is. And I cook, I clean. There's nothing in the world I can't do except for stand up for 10 minutes. Sure, hold that against me. <laughs> Details. You didn't ask to stand anywhere. You asked to yeah. lay down. You get me a mobile chair, I am like a genius. I can just scoot around the house and make stuff for you. It would be awesome. But that depression gets really, really deep. Mm-hmm. And, and it becomes consuming in every possible way. I don't see how it couldn't, having experienced a, a fair amount of pain through um, serious injuries in my life, I, I know that pain can be a very difficult thing to manage through, so I can't imagine that yours wouldn't be ten times worse than mine was. And that's one of the things, you try not to... You're saying this so much, it hasn't gone away yet, so I, I must be just uh, uh, whining about it. Because if I was taking care of it, I could have made it go away by now. Well, that's just not how it works in your situation. And I really think that a large percent of that has to do with that you're a tall lady. And I'm hoping that when the folks in Michigan are done with reviewing your forms, that they can decide it for themselves without having to factor in whether or not you are a tall lady. Either that or recognize that there has been discrimination based on the fact that you are a tall lady. Yeah, which would be even better. Yeah, something. I, I don't care how they come to the decision. Just make it positive and send it my way. Mm-hmm. At, at this point, I'm going on four years. I'll take pretty much anything at this point. Right. And it, it's you feel like you're whining to, to everybody you talk to because I always ask, so how are you doing? Anything, any changes yet? How's your life going? You're like, you know how my life is going. No Sorry, changes. Sorry. Yeah, it's as horrible today as it was yesterday, and it's going to be tomorrow. It is hard, hard for people to try to digest that. They, they, they don't. You can hear somebody say that they're, they're homeless or they're broke, and you just assume, well, it's because you mismanaged your money or something bad happened. But don't worry. It'll get better. Things will change. Tomorrow is a new day. No, tomorrow is the same damn day it is today, only it's tomorrow. Nothing is going to change. When you're, when you're broken and damaged and you can't make it change for yourself, I've looked, I've tried. There's, I can't find a single thing that, that can actually make a decent change unless there's any you know, hot guys out there looking for a super hot, super tall girlfriend. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, you, you can't make this change for yourself. You need help. And it took me a long time to ask for help for anything. I didn't like asking for help. I've never had help in my life. I wasn't your specialty in the first place, was it? Yeah. Yeah, it was never my specialty. And now it's constantly, can I get a ride? You have to beg people for a ride. You get to a point where you have to cancel your appointments because you can't get to your appointments. And then they're mad because you didn't show up. And you're like, you don't understand this is life. This is how my life is. I can't just get up and go. I just can't get up and do something. You're you're just trapped. Right. Well, I think that, you know, you have a little support right now with, with the place that you've been staying. So that's, that's been working out. And I'll know that's not your own place and you don't know how long things will last ever. Like you were saying earlier, from time to time, there's different amounts of, of help that because they're more than necessary, it's hard to feel like you're getting anywhere or get making any progress just because you're getting some needs met that day. Yeah, you, you, you get a few things covered. And uh, and you're so far behind that you, you don't even feel like you're back to zero. 
Right. It's I'm never going to catch up at this point. The place I'm staying now, I'm good until June 24th. And then I'm homeless again. I'm back under the bridge. At least summer's nice. It's not How do we get the arbitrary dates? Because I've heard many, many of the dates that you've you know, you're like, oh, I had a place like, until this date. And I mean, it's always a very specific date. Yes, well, and then you'll say, and then this date I can have another place. The people I'm staying with, their daughter is moving in with them on June 24th. So when she uh, moves in, I have to go. Because you are in what will be her space. Yes. Uh, Even though she thinks I'm just absolutely wonderful. Too many people in one small apartment, just, right. it doesn't work out. But, you know, after after three years, when I can't even get a ride to, to a doctor's appointment, I, I've spent all week begging for rides. And I still, somebody gave me money so I could take a cab yesterday to get to my appointment because it was important. You have to, um, now that you have a phone that's working, you have to actually text or message me because you know I'm not looking on Facebook. But, and see, and that's another way you don't want to... I always feel like I'm bothering people. Well, that's I the other thing. So often. How, how many different venues can you search to ask for the thing you need? Yeah. And, and, you, and, and you don't even have enough steam to get it started. Yeah. And you run out after a while because people get tired of helping you. They, they realize finally that your situation is not going to change and they just get tired of doing things. And it's, it's hard because you don't want to feel like... I'm asking you for things again. Right. It, it, but I, I kind of have to ask for things again. And I always I always post that at the beginning, you know, how much I hate asking. I really, I despise asking you this, but I need a ride. Um, I need a place to live. Before uh, the place I'm staying now, before that, I was living in the trunk of a burned out car way out in this valley where there's like almost no people. The water was poisoned, so you couldn't drink anything. You couldn't bathe with it. How the hell it. did you, you get touch there? It. I was promised that time you got a ride. Yeah, yeah. The one time I got a ride, it was to hell, and and we got to stay. I'm like somebody's in my throne. I'm never gonna. It was horrible. Um, I was supposed to stay there, but the the lady that offered me a place was just absolutely batshit crazy. I mean, she was nuts, and so I was there for about four days and went. No, I can't do this. She's gonna kill me in my sleep. Which I thought about and went. That's kind of okay. She just needs to hurry up because I can't take this craziness anymore. Um, So I finally left and took off out of there. And that was the only place I had. I was way the hell up nowhere. It was 40 miles out of town, out of the closest real town. I had nowhere to go. I had no way to get back. I couldn't. Obviously, I can't walk that far. That would take me 17 miles. You can't message somebody if you don't have a device to message them with. Right. I have no computer and no phone, no anything. And people these days, they don't understand you not having a phone. They're like, wait, how do you not have a cell phone? Like, I don't. <laughs> Those things cost They cost money, money? every month. Yeah. yeah. You have to be able to charge them. You got to be able to find Wi-Fi in order to make it work if you, you're not paying for the monthly fee. there's there's People don't understand the step process to everything. Uh-huh. There's, there's always a process. They go, oh, no, we just go. No, you have to have a car. You have to have gas. You have to have time. You have to, you know, there's so many different things that you need in that order to get somewhere. people just take for granted. Constantly. And when you're a, a Spoonie, you can't. You don't take anything for granted. Everything is calculated out to where, to when, to how far, how long. My God, it takes up your whole day. So when I was out in this small town and I'm way out there and I'm living in this car, I had to take my belt off at night and wrap it around the trunk lock so that way you keep it closed and so nobody could get to me while I was asleep. Now, Grant, I feel bad that for was that. was at the batshit person's house? This was, yeah, this was after I left the crazy lady's house and went. There was this car sitting out in the field, this old Cadillac, and Cadillac, as you know, has a huge trunk. Mm-hmm. So I'd get in there and I'd wrap my belt around the trunk lock 
and or tie it to myself so that way nobody can get it open. Which means if you can't get it open, you can't get to me. Right. Now, you know you're in trouble when it's a good idea to go sleep in a trunk of a burned out car. Right. I feel bad for the for, for anybody who thinks they can attack me because... Mm. You're, you're still a big girl. Yeah, I may be a girl. I may be pretty and I don't want to do it. But if you try to hurt me, you got another thing coming. And you had a fully empty trunk to put them in, so there. Yeah, right? <laughs> I got a place to hide the body. Once you got out. I'm right? good to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've even, we exhausted every resource. We even tried to GoFundMe and nothing. Nobody cares that you're homeless. Nobody cares that you're a homeless trans person. They only care if you're Caitlyn Jenner or if you're trying to make a pizza for 85 people. Then they will give you $100,000. I'm like, I should make a pizza. Yes, you should. <laughs> Would you like to use our kitchen? Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's weird how our society works now. They don't care that you have homeless people as long as you don't have to look at them or talk to them or have any interaction with their life. They don't matter. They're nothing. See, and I've lived my whole life. I've done nothing but help people because I know this person is in need. And I know, and I'd give them the shirt off my back or my, well, I can't anymore because it's illegal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Right? It, it was it was a weird thing getting used to that I can't just take mine because there are don't I love I love love being me. But there are times where like, man, I just want to take my shirt off for a while. I'm like, but I can't. I can't yeah. actually Hey, I can wear a bikini top. It's winter. I don't care. I just need to be free for a minute. You know, in between seeing you, we, we often lose track of you. We don't know where you are or how to, how to find you. We, we don't know that you're in a trunk 40 miles down the road and thinking it's a good place to be because, you know, without having a way to communicate, the, the people who do care don't know. And then a lot of times we don't know what to do and I'm sure other people don't either. I agree with you. There's a lot of people who seem like they don't care or they really don't know what else to do, you know. You get to that, that point sometimes where you, you're pretty sure that absolutely nobody cares because if they did, you wouldn't be in this position. I let a guy stay at my house for almost seven years because he was homeless. He did nothing but play video games and watch TV. I mean, literally nothing. And people like that are why people look down on people like you. Right. Because that is the idea that they have of the shiftless, lazy, welfare yeah, they think you're going to rob them and steal them from them and kill them in the middle of the night. Dude, and you can steal me. Yeah, <laughs> I tried. You said, no, you have kids. So it didn't work. <laughs> like, you got to take me home. I have kids. I'm like, oh, really? Well, I don't know. After this past couple of weeks, maybe you can steal me. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. Where would you take me? Puerto Vallarta. Okay. Sounds nice this time of year, right? I'm thinking Bora Bora. I really like the water there. I'd love to be in the water. It's good for your back, isn't it? It's you like floating? Every, I love floating. If I could be in a pool all year round, I would. Okay. Because it, it takes that pressure off my spine. Right. So it, it's not just horrible grinding of the discs. And it right. Just, uh, right. So anyway. Yeah. Um, people don't want you to stay because of that. Uh, the people I stay with now, when I, I first moved in there, I went and I bought groceries because I get food stamps every month. So I went and bought groceries and they woke up to breakfast I had cleaned the house. I had done all the dishes. And they're like, oh, it's probably a one-time thing. And it's not. I do it all the time. I keep their house clean. I keep them fed. I make dinner for them. doesn't matter what they want. You use all it. of your spoons on being their housewife. Yeah, pretty much. If I can make some of their life easier, and I do. you're good with it. Because they are letting me stay. They're, they're giving me a place to live and a roof over my head. Plus, you like to shower. be productive. I know because you helped us yes. moving in here and... 
and you wouldn't stop being productive. It took me a while. <laughs> we long tried time. to get you to stop being productive because you were clearly out of spoons, but you decided oh, yeah, to yeah. keep spending them anyway. And then I had to go find everything that you put away. <laughs> it took me a long time. But it was I still can't away. find the pizza cutter. Oh, you should be on the other side of the fridge in the back of the drawer left side. But <laughs> what do I know? Um, yeah, it's. I can't stop in the middle of a job. I'd like to finish the job. I like to make sure it's done correctly and 100%. I, I don't half-ass anything. And when I help somebody move, I'm there to help them, not to sit around and watch them. And it made them happy. They like me when I, have, when I make them happy. Yes. I'm kidding. They always like me. Um, it is. When, when you live you. with someone, that's what you do. When you're when somebody's helping you out, you show them that you appreciate it by cooking and cleaning and fixing their cars or building them fetish furniture. I mean, it all depends on what you're into. I, I've done it all. Right. And it's, <laughs> it's because I appreciate the people that help me. And it's weird. The people that I've helped in the past... None of them are the people who have helped me since I since I've been homeless. I bought one guy a car. He needed the help. He needed the money. I've got so much money at that point. I didn't care. I'm like, here, you know, I'm helping him out. And then when I turned around and called him up and said, you know, you lived with me for like six years. I'm, hey, man, look, I'm sleeping under a bridge. There's four feet of snow outside. I'm freezing to death. I need a place to stay. And he said, no, I just want to be by myself for a while. And he hung up on me. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Seriously? And then uh, it was like four months later, he's at a Comic-Con and he sends me a message and says, why aren't you here? Because I'm homeless and broke, man. Why do you think I'm not there? I live under a bridge. I can't afford to get into that. And why would I? You know, I would have loved to have gone. But one, I can't walk all over to see this stuff. I can't afford to get in. I can't afford to buy anything. And he said, oh, you want to come to my house and play with all the toys I bought while I was there? No. No, I just, and so many people like that out there you, that yeah. nobody wants to help because that's what's going to happen. That's what they're mm -hmm. afraid of. And you can't convince them like, oh, you know, I'm not like them. I'm different. Sure you are. Everybody's different. No, really, I'm different. And, right. And it just, there's nothing you can do about it. You mm -hmm. have to accept it and you can't force somebody to let you stay. Right. I mean, you can hide in their shed, but then after a while they call the cops because there's weird noises and dead skunks everywhere. It's, it's creepy. <laughs> <laughs> so you were talking about, hopefully, once you get a little bit more settled, whether or not your judgment comes through positively, you were talking about going back for more education, getting a degree or some sort of certificate that will help you find a job that you can do as a Spoonie, a job that you can do from a couch or a bed or, you know, telecommute or go in when you can or, you know, find more options with more education. What what are some things that you're looking at studying? What are some things that you uh, are considering? Well, I, I haven't decided yet because, I, again, I don't have, um, I'm not to that point. So it's like pre-planning for something that's never going to happen. My here and now is my biggest thing. But if I do, I would probably go with something in engineering or electronics. You know, I, I worked for a computer company doing research and development, and that is so much fun. If I can get back into that, or even robotics would be awesome. You know, I graduated high school, got married, and because that was the way to go. You got married, we didn't, there was no wars going on, there was nothing else happening. So, didn't have any money to go to school at that point. So, get married real quick, start life, have kids, be happy. You know, all those people are having kids now going, yeah, but... A, a lot know. of tech jobs anymore, you don't really need... 
the the degree as much as you do the certification and the experience. Right. You still have to go to school for it, and you have to get that degree, which doesn't tell you what to do once you. It allows get you to there, do the thing nothing. you know how. Yeah. Yeah, it basically proves that you know how to do the thing. But one of my voice students works IT for one of the larger hotels in town, and she has said the same thing, that the degree doesn't matter. The certificates that prove that she knows her stuff is what matters. She can do whatever she can earn a certificate for, and if that means taking an online course for six weeks and taking a test, that means way more than any degree that she could ever go back and get further education in that sense. Because you have worked in the tech field. I've worked in every field. And you have worked in engineering and you've also worked in... Automotive. Automotive and... And culinary. And from early on, I've experimented with a lot of jobs. I went to a lot of places and I was really good at what I did, but I wanted to learn more. I wouldn't be stuck knowing, okay, I know how to do this and only that. No, I wanted to know everything I could know. I can, and like I said earlier, there's nothing I can't do. I can, right. I can cook. I can build. And it's, again, even my art and my jewelry that I make, and there's nothing I can't do. And so when you try to find something I want to do for... Except, except stand for 10 minutes. Yeah, except for stand for 10 <laughs> Maybe I should take a class on that. Bitch, this is how you stand for 10 minutes. Just, just don't sit down. Oh, fuck. All right, get up. Let's try it again. Don't sit down. <laughs> Right, well, we had two minutes. Next time, we'll go for three, okay? It's practice. Practice makes perfect. Um, <laughs> brain's still running, going, so what am I going to do later? What would I do for the rest of my life if I had something else to do? Do I... If you could do whatever thing you wanted to. Yeah, if I, can, if I could do whatever I wanted, I'd be a fighter pilot. But too That big. also has too much physical demand. Yeah, well, it's the fact that once I grew past 5'9", um, so that's out. Uh, military, of course, is out in every way because of age and... I still think that the there's a, a blurb, an article that goes around occasionally saying, why the hell are we sending the 18-year-olds off to fight wars? We should be sending the 60-year-olds off. They're old, they don't care, and they're grumpy about everything anyway, maybe. Right? Yeah. These people know what they're doing. And after a while, they'll just get tired and play bridge. Screw it, we're good. You can have it. I don't want it. No, it's yours. Take it. You know, no. Yeah, so I don't know where to go from there. It's it's you wait every minute to find out if you're going to have something so you can change your life. And people say, well, why you wait? Go out and do something. But you can't. So you wait and you hope something changes. I wait for the disability. I wait for an offer to come along. You go out and you try to do things and you can't because... Well, you're broken and you can't. So a lot of people say, well, you need to work from home. Get one of those work from home programs. That would be great if one, they actually paid. Two, I had a computer. And three, you had a home? Yeah, I had a home. Yeah. All three of those are kind of a problem with a work at home job. They say, well, you can, um, they don't usually have any ideas after that. And these are people who also are unemployed and living off the government. You're like, if you can do this, why aren't you doing it? No. They don't pay enough to, to even partially survive on. Right. So that's out. And you can't work at a call center because you got to sit up and try to talk to somebody. This is the longest I've talked in a long time. And my voice sounds absolutely horrible, I can imagine. Nah. Um, no, in person, I sound great. And I'm just adorable. But once it's been digitized, I sound all... Yeah. So anyway, just there's, fix it. yeah, yeah, make me pretty. <laughs> I can't improve on perfection. Oh, you're so sweet. <laughs> if if you get the disability ironed out and you're able to get a place to live, 
what type of thing do you think you could do? I mean, I guess the number one thing is not worry about that you'd have a place to live. Yeah, once that's out of the way, because obviously that's the biggest one. That's a big barrier to getting most things done. Right. Because having a place to live provides, you know, a sleeping spot and a place to get water and a place to pour water on your head and clean yourself and brush your teeth and put your stuff there and have stuff to put there. And I mean, there's a a lot of things that people can overlook when they're not realizing what it involves to have a place to be. Right. When, When you have a place, you can get up and just walk to the fridge and get a cold drink of water. When you live under a bridge, it's drink out of the river. Or not at all. Those are your pretty much your options. Or you have to walk to a store. But if you can't walk, then you're kind of screwed. Something with, with driving, which the disability is also a big factor, yeah. is is once a disability comes through, I get my license back and I could drive. And mm-hmm. at least I could live in the car if all else Right, fail. because right now it's, you're... Due to government complications, I no longer have a driver's license. It, the government is complicated. Yes. So. Yes, it is. Yeah, a driving job would be awesome. I, I don't know if I could drive a cab because... Oh, but a delivery job or, or even driving big rig or something I could do because I can stop and I can get out when and stretch whenever I had to. And if I had to lay over for a couple of days and not move, I could do so. I could, you know, the problem to an extent. With, with driving a big rig, though, is sometimes you have to do other things that are physical. Yeah. And you and can't do them. And that, that's what I'd look even. You can't with, put chains on the tires. You can't. Oh. Yeah. Mm. There's there's always something that comes across there's it. There's one piece of it you can't do. Yeah. There's always something that tells me I can't do the job when you start looking at it. I'm like, well, I could I drive a tow truck. No, because I still have to yank those chains out. And sometimes I have to climb down mountains in order to grab a car and drag it back up. And it's, it is physically exhausting work, but it's fun. And so I couldn't do it. I had long haul driving. There's, you know, pilot jacks and chains and there's problems and there's always something. And every job has that something so far. I could go back into jewelry making. I mean, I still do partially, but, you know, you can only work with so much when you don't have any new supplies. Right. You have a few items, that's all you've got. And I don't I don't believe that it could be sustaining any, by any means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know a lot of people who have Etsy stores, but it's their second job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's bonus income for vacations or... Yeah. Or know, being able to sell things that they like to make. Right. I do this for fun. To support well, their the, habit of making things. You know, I could I could make crack, I guess. That sells pretty well. Three bucks a rock. There's a lot of junkies in this neighborhood. Not the best job choice, though. No, the no, risks are fairly high. you advertised it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah this is what I'm doing. And this is another situation where you don't, you don't want to live in the communal situation. Yes. I, I, I'm trying not to find illegal jobs. You know, I thought about being a hooker, but I don't like myself enough. I don't know. I, I guess when the time comes, I will look at my options and see what happens. It's dealing with today is the biggest problem. And so. that, that does get in the way more than than anybody can believe. Because when you don't have a, a place to be, when it's you, hard to get anything else done. Yeah, when you can't shower or you spend your whole day looking for a place to sleep, looking for a way to eat, looking for a way to get clean. You know, you, you can't focus on what you're going to do it's in the future. It's not even a whole day. It's several days. and You're fighting so. for now. And, and people go, oh, it's not that hard. You just lay there. No, mm-hmm. it's, you still got to eat. You got to shower. So your, your best hope. At, at any point ever is always preparation to be prepared. You know, I was in scouting my whole world for a long I'm time. I'm sorry. Being prepared for anything, have your own accounts, uh, save your money, work hard, and 
prepare that to make sure that this doesn't happen. You know, I, I hate to say, make sure you have your own account. Don't let your significant whatever have access to it. But, but you have to. We've nowadays. been together for five years, and I don't think we have any joint accounts except one credit card. Well, when you're married for 20 years, you, you trust that person. You believe that you're going to be together forever. So you share everything. You know, 20 years. That, that was, at that point, it was half my life. Right. So I didn't ever question it. Right. So then when she took everything, I was like, oh, devastated. Nothing left. Right. And I went, wait, what the hell? Well, no recourse is the other yeah. problem. Yep. We were married. So the judge said, it's all yours. And let her keep it all. Hmm. But if you're already in that situation, though, I don't know what to tell you because I, obviously I can't get well, out. Well, if you had given up, you wouldn't be here. You're still, right. there is still something to work towards, even if you can't see what it is at this point. Yeah, there's, there, there is. There's always, you have to have a goal somewhere. Even if you have to invent it and change it and recreate yourself every other day, you have to have something to look forward to. And that, that small belief that it will get better eventually, that it has to change. I got a semicolon tattoo. I believe that my story isn't over. It feels like it. And, and it's really hard not to believe that sometimes, but it's got to change. You got a Buffy quote with your semicolon tattoo. Yes, I did. Will, will, you, will you read us the quote that you have around your... It says, the hardest thing in this world is to live in it. So be brave and live. And I've seen it online and with a lot of others. There's there's a lot of people who believe that our stories aren't over, that there is something better for us, that it will continue no matter how depressed you are right now or how, how depressed you have been or even that you will be. There's always something better. And no matter how long it takes, it will get better. It you, has you, to. Can, you, you have to make it better and yes. you have to keep living to make it better. It doesn't get better on its own, but you're right. still here. You're still working towards something better. Even even if you're making it worse while you're making it better, which sometimes we've done. We have yeah. done. Yes. Every night you go to bed, you know you won that fight for the day. Then you start the next day and you start all over again. You keep fighting and you keep working and you make your life better. You find a way. And so... Buttons. <laughs> <laughs> and you keep your hammer, too. Is that it, tall friend? Is, mm, it, <laughs> is, is wow. that it, our tall friend? <laughs> yes, I believe that is it. Sorry if I bored you, but I'll do it again later. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! And yeah, we can go free the nipple, but the the people I'm staying with aren't particularly excited by that. I walk around, they're like, "Why are you naked?" I'm like, "Free the nipple!" <laughs> <laughs>
That's not a nipple. <laughs> Depends how I turn. Look at me now. <laughs> it's, it's, now it's like charades. Look, it's an elephant. <laughs> 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 I love you. Here's the thing, too. Like, <laughs> first, first, go ahead and hack up your lungs. Yes. And then we'll get back to that. Um, sorry, I tried not okay. to cough. No, no, that's fine. It, yeah. We just need to make sure the that we say whatever you were coughing. Cough, yeah. Yeah. The the more you'll really have to cough when you go uh-huh. in. Uh huh. Oh, that stretching is not good. Excuse <laughs> So, I didn't go mean ahead. to bore you. No, no, now you gave it to me. Sorry. No, it's just this relaxation state we get into when our children are not home. Feet off uh, my table. Yeah. It's, it's called peace and quiet. What? <laughs> what? Let me write that down. <laughs> okay, so I think I've heard of that. I want to look every that up. Saturday, peace and Can I Google it? <laughs> I didn't mean to confuse you. I'll try a picture later. Oh. It'll be cute. I don't know. Yeah, she's of course, right. it'll be everything you do is cute. Do you hear that, people? Everything I do is cute. Love me. <laughs> Okay, so George, what did you start to say? I'm sorry. Whenever you're done talking. You're still cutting all this out. (laughs) (laughs) She won't cut it all out. I'm making little scissors with my fingers. If we're not making snorting noises, she probably won't cut it out. That was an option? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, not everything you do is cute. (laughs) Darn it, huh? I know, right? So anyway, what were you starting to say now? I'm probably saying something. Uh... (laughs) So, yeah, go ahead, drink. And since we're cutting right at the same time that the clock went ding, we'll wait for it to ding. That clock is actually a bowl. You can't see it. There's no, you can't see the time on it. It's, and it runs a few minutes fast. Yes. But I like the dinging bowl, so. You like the dinging bowl. It's up there on top of the, it's by the butterfly over there. Knowing half the battle. <laughs> you said you like bowls. See, they're so easy to make. They ding. Oh, see, his bowl dings. <laughs> Mine only dings if you stroke it. Because <laughs> my ding only bowls when you stroke. I don't know. What's going on. <laughs> you know, I, I love driving my tow truck. That was a, being a hook was one of the greatest things I ever did. It's oh. Your car could be on fire upside down in a ditch with no keys or tires and not have it on my truck and fire. Hey, I have an aunt who does that to a car. Oh, similar things, yes. Actually, upside down in a ditch. (laughs) Well, actually, I don't know exactly how the car was in the ditch, but the tow truck driver told my sister he was going to have to figure out how to get her out of there. (laughs) (laughs) That's part of the fun. He felt for her enough that he let her follow him back a hundred and something miles towards his town, which is the direction she was going. Wow. Yeah. Because she couldn't find what she was... (laughs) She claims the... The uh, GPS told her to go there. It, it could it have been have. telling her to turn around and go back onto the road. Yeah, like, it, uh, it wouldn't surprise yeah. me if the GPS was saying, get off at this exit, turn left, get back on the expressway and go the other way. That would make and sense. she turned the other left. Oh, go left here. And, and the other left again. <laughs> yes. And pretty soon she was in a ditch. You, you're not directly impaired. If you could sit in a car, I have an aunt that likes to drive places. Mm-hmm. And so, buttons. <laughs> <laughs> and you keep your hammer too. 
buttons on your underpants? <laughs> buttons on your eyes. No, my, my number three child, our princess, who wants to grow up to be an electrical engineer awesome. or an industrial designer. Very cool. She's in a gifted class and she somebody says so and her teacher says buttons on your underpants because they didn't follow the so with something else quickly enough and the teacher was trying to be a smart aleck about please finish your sentence immediately. So, buttons on your underpants? <laughs> well, it was that or sing. And she brought that buttons. home. Was... Sing buttons on your underpants? She was... No, no. <laughs> How do you do that? She was trying to understand that. So, she... a needle pulling thread. Oh, no. No. <laughs> No. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's how the song goes. I've yes. seen it. No, I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think the music teacher knows how the song goes. <laughs> well, I would hope so, but I had to tell her what the song was. She known no, this she no was... I've blocked it out. <laughs> I teach solfege for a living. I have blocked that goddamn song out. Oh. <laughs> well, why are you telling us about what the teacher said to the because princess so, scientist? Because I said so, and she said buttons. Right. Buttons. I recall that our our child thought that was very amusing and couldn't understand why you would say that, but found it very amusing. Yes, and it took a minute to figure out, oh, so, like, uh, yes, and she explained to us that so was a homophone, and she understood the dual meaning of so as a conjunction or so as a verb, but she couldn't quite understand why someone would sew (laughs) buttons on their underpants. (laughs) This is the part that didn't make sense to her. Because if you don't, your will, you'll hang up. Well, she didn't understand that. And she probably just thought it. it would be lumpy to oh, sit on. You <laughs> sewed buttons in the wrong place. To, ew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> button, 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 button. <laughs> Come mushroom, <back>. mushroom. <laughs> I was trying not to go there. Button, 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 button. <laughs> God, we're old. You guys think you're we old. We were there before no the idea internet. <laughs> Oh, it's a snake. (laughs) Yes, we were around before the internet. I remember when there there was no internet. So do I. Ever so often I get the Homestar Runner Strong Pad email uh, scroll button song stuck in my head. (laughs) I rickrolled somebody the other day and they went, What the hell is this? (laughs) And I laughed and laughed. laughed. Oh, for goodness sake. The interwebs are good. <laughs> the interwebs are for good. <laughs> yes, well, we try not and porn. we try and use them for good. Not porn. Do you have superpowers? And if so, do you use them for good or for awesome? For porn. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that's it. I think that is it. <laughs> <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.